to episode 157 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, so welcome along to episode, what episode is it John? It's episode 157 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going mate? I'm very good to Bevan, thank you. Yourself? We're not in the studios today, are we mate? We're not. Over the interweb. Over the interweb, I'm in Auckland, I'm in my, my room, I'm in my, my hotel room's a bit of a mess right now to be honest. I have this Five star hotel? Um, uh, it's probably a four and a half, it's not bad I have to admit. The thing is when I'm in hotel rooms I have a theory that you shouldn't clean up because if you clean up then someone loses their job. Exactly. I'm, I'm very similar. Belinda is not so similar. She sits there <laughs> and makes a bed and I'm like, not happy about it. Yeah, someone's losing a job through that. And in these economic times, John, I'm thinking of others. Anyway, I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com ah, Beautiful coffee. Get on it. Trybuys.com. Go get all your specials. And Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes, for tracking all your social results and needs. There we go, beautiful. This week's show, John, it's a bit of a funny one, isn't it? John couldn't be bothered. It is, Bevan. Couldn't be bothered. It's a quiet time of the year. The Skype, Skype podcasts often don't come across super, so I thought let's spice it up a little bit and give Bevan some love with his podcast that he does separately to me. Mm. So we've basically got our news, we've got our high five, we've got website of the week. Now, I'm going to chuck in a Forever Fitness in there somewhere, and... Um, I don't know which one I'm doing, so for those of you who listen to Fair Fitness, sorry about that, but the rest of is, hopefully we give you some gold knowledge on motivation through there. And then we have questions and answers at the end. On the news side of things, well, brought to you by X-Try. What have we got on for news this week, Jombo? There's not a lot happening. Um, we did have a race that was sent in, uh, somebody was telling us about the Lisboa Long Distance Triathlon. Yep. Uh, it was sent in to us by... Duh, 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 duh. Jared Walbridge, who was going over the race from the UK. And uh, we look at the results. First few names I'm not actually that familiar with. Dan Brook from uh, England, an 18 to 24 age group, took it out in 3.53. So automatically I'm looking at that thinking, well, there's nobody there really racing. Second guy I haven't heard of either, Dennis Devrient. Yeah, exactly. So first and second haven't heard of before. I've heard of Marcus uh, Fakbar. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he was in third place. But then, yeah, we've got Scott Nieri in seventh. And then we've got Sergio Marquez uh, from Portugal in ninth. Um, and, and both of them have won Ironman races. So, obviously, those uh, the other guys are pretty handy. And uh, and just named him. Well. Yeah, 353. So, he had a solid ride. He, he swam at 22 minutes, th- uh, 36 seconds, bike 214, and run, ran 113. Really won it on the bike um, by riding a 214, put a, quite a bit of time into everybody. So good result from, uh, from Dan Brock from England. So uh, obviously a pretty young fella. Keep, a, keep an eye out for him. On the girls' side of things, first place was uh, Crystal Roman from France in uh, 4.14.57 which likewise is a pretty solid time, swam 26 biked 2.25 and ran 1.18 so that was pretty solid and second place was Sophie Goose from Belgium and in third was Joanne Blafos from Denmark 
So obviously we haven't got any Ironman races happening at the moment. Uh, next one up, I think, is, is Lanzarote. So we're just sort of looking around at some half Ironmans at this time of the year. Well, there was a race on in Auckland on the weekend. I went for my long run Sunday morning. Had a pretty average long one, to be honest. And uh, I was running around Mission Bay, around the uh, waterfront there. It's beautiful in Auckland. And there's a big triathlon. I don't know who was in it. Uh, Annette was in it, Bevan. You should have given it, stopped and given Annette a good cheer. Well, I did see Cassina Dasu, uh, you know, the, our listener, and I saw him. I didn't see Annette, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, what was the race? It was the uh, part of the Auckland series. It's called the People's Choice Series, I think. It's run by Frank Clark, who's a former uh, Canadian professional who lives up in Auckland, and he's married to a, to a Kiwi girl. And, uh, yeah, it's on, on uh, and they get, they get big, big numbers along to it. And, huge numbers. Yeah, in, in Auckland, you, know, you can keep racing. Up until April, uh, end of April, whereas in Christchurch, you know, good luck if you want to go swimming in the open water at this time of the year. What I did find interesting, John, now maybe this should be a discussion of the week, but there was a pro or one of the top people in the race, and I'm not going to name names here, John, because, well, I just don't want to name names, but, and they were riding past me, and they had shorts on, John, and their shorts were a bit see-through to the point where I could see right up their butt crack. And my Mm. problem is, my my question really is, John, if you're training with someone like that, would you tell them? Well, basically, you, you, people should know. It? First thing is, you shouldn't really wear white. Um, no, they went white. White, they were black. Yeah, they were black, and to be honest, they looked kind of new. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they, they weren't like her. They were like a meshy kind of ones, and yeah, I was a bit blinded, to be honest. It was a male, so... Yeah, no, I, I, I'd suggest a, a subtle word in the air would be, would be appreciated. So if, I, if you were riding behind me and you could see my butt crack, you'd let me know. I'll let you know. Okay. I'll pull in front of you and just say, Bevan, stay there for the, for the next four hours. <laughs> it was a funny race because they must have had a staggered start, so you didn't really know what was happening in the race. Yeah. yeah. I think we're going to see a lot more of that all around the world. You know, when, when you go to, to Challenge Road, it's a staggered start there. Obviously, you can see what's going on with the pros, but when, when it comes to the age groupers, you know, wave starts, I think, is going to be the, the way of the future because well, of the, well, the drafting is, issue. This is the thing with this race, but it wasn't as though it was like... The top pros, or the top people who I kind of, a couple of people I knew, they were in the middle of the pack. Like, I don't think they'd started first. Okay. Yeah, it was a little bit Interesting. Odd. Yeah, it was a bit weird. So, anyway. Uh, what else we got in the news here, John? Let's have a look. Coming up, Wildflower. Wildflower is a classic. It's a classic race. I think it's either 27th or 28th year. It's been run. It's, um, it is a bit of an institution. And uh, when you look at the field for this year... It, it's probably one of the strongest half Ironman fields you're going to see anywhere in the world, um, even including uh, the 70.3 champs. You know, if I'm looking down the list, you've got um, Bjorn Anderson, you've got Rudd Kabiki, you've got Luke Bell, you've got Terenzo, you've got Fraser Cartmel, uh, Ronaldo Colucci. Uh, and then we're only able to seize Chris Lee, Chris Lieto, and Nico Lanos. Um, we're up to... Andy Potts, Victor Platter, uh, the, the, the list just goes on and on. So guys' side of things, Chilborn Sinbali, um, just just massive. Uh, so it should be a fantastic race. And the good thing about this race is it is pretty tough. It's pretty hilly. So we should see a bit of um, a few splits happening on the bikes. So it's not just becoming going to become a draft fest. Um, I'm sure it still will have groups, but um, it shouldn't be a complete draft fest. So we should see some fantastic racing. Um, What's this race? Why is it so popular? Because it's not a 70.3, is it? Not official. No, it, it's it's early season, so it gives the guys a chance to, um, you know, 
get into the season and uh, I, I would assume there's a, a bit of money on offer um, and it's just apparently it's just got a great atmosphere you know 7,000 people something like that racing over all, all the different distances they do over the, the day and the weekend and uh, I just think it's apparently it's a tough course and just a cool place to race you'd have to assume though for the Americans uh, for, I mean for the, for the pro athletes I, I haven't seen the prize money list you would assume there must be some reasonable prize money yeah, if that, yeah, that yeah. people turning up so yeah it should be fantastic racing on the um, the girls' side of things, uh, let me just uh, filter the uh, pros. There are some fantastic female pros racing Sam as McGlone well. Racing. Sam McGlone, uh, Erica Chomore, she's racing. Um, Gina Kerr, she's been right up there in, in Kona. So, again, some fantastic athletes. Uh, Tyler Stewart, Pip Taylor. So, it should be fantastic racing. And, um, yeah, I think... Uh, I'd be picking Erica Erica Chomore probably, okay. um, but I think it'd probably come down to her and Sam McGlone. And boys side of things? Boys side of things, um, uh, I would say that possibly uh, Andy Potts looks to be in pretty good form. Oh, nice. But Terenzo does have the course record there, and he absolutely blitzed it a couple of years ago. Okay, nice. Any other news we've got here? St. Croix coming up in a few weeks? Yeah, so it's another it's first up for the 70.3s. Crowe usually completely dominates there, so we'll wait and see there. And uh, probably the big news of the week, Bevan, the big news of the week. Go is on, John, give it to me. The new uh, ITU World Championship Series starts this weekend. Oh, I've been waiting for that for months, I tell you. Yeah, so it's, it's starting in Chongyong in uh, Korea. It's uh, big money on offer, start of the year, and... Uh, Going to see a lot of the big guns going head to head. The, the the World Championship Series is a, an eight round series now. Instead of in the past, it was like fifteen to eighteen sort of World Cups. So eight races. Sort of, I think they're modelling themselves on like Formula One racing. Short, not so many races. Big money. Points. Uh, the points will add up for series. A big series bonus pool. So we should see some uh, some awesome racing over there. So with this, uh, like, have you looked at the field? Uh, I know that Vanessa Fernandez isn't racing on the girls' side of things, and I know Gomez isn't racing on the guys, but I'm pretty sure everybody else is racing. Well, basically, you need to have five races that count for the series um, to for the, for the big bonus prize pool at the end. Yep. Those guys are probably banking that it doesn't really matter where they race. They're just going to have five five races. They can probably afford to drop one or two, and, and all the athletes will be dropping one or two. I don't think you'll see many of them doing all eight, um, and those guys are probably just thinking, well, it's early in the season. It means coming out of Europe, traveling halfway around the world, they'll probably wait for most of the European races where they can be a bit closer to home and don't have the travel issues and uh, can be in slightly better shape rather than early season. Isn't it? So, do you think you're going to get many races where you get all the pros here at the same time? Like, is there one race that pays more money? You know, for the well, the, the finale in the Gold Coast that will have everybody. Um, so that sort of the, the series is called the World Championship Series, but the World Championship finale is, finale is basically the World Champs uh, for that year. And um, I think, but I think the majority of the races you're going to see people going head to head, especially in. Uh, uh, in Washington in the States and especially in uh, Germany and Hamburg that's always a big one one interesting thing that the ITU are doing and uh, when they go over to Washington in the States the following week is the Des Moines race which is the the huge big money race in the States $200,000 for first place the other thing ITU are doing on the same weekend is they're now introducing a teams race Uh, and so it's two, two guys two girls 
can't, I'm not 100% sure on the format, um, but I think you basically do a, a, uh, a very super sprint triathlon each, and it's just like a, a relay, but I could be wrong on that. Um, but really what the ITU are trying to push is to get another event into the Olympics, and, uh, and by having a team race, I think they stand a really good chance and, and much more chance than if they said, oh, we're going to put a, an Ironman or something in the Olympics. So, yeah, we really have to watch that space, and, and they're, they're going to be putting big money up on that, so all the pro athletes are going to be wanting to race. Do you like the idea of doing a team race for the Olympics? I think it's great. I think it, it, it will enhance the, the sport for, for all countries because it will bring more money in because there's going to be more medals on offer. And that's the thing that most countries struggle with. There's only six medals on offer in triathlon. When their national sporting body is looking at how much money they're allocating to different sports, you, know, you look at, right, we've got our cycling program over here on one side. We've got our triathlon program here. And this is giving New Zealand and probably Great Britain as an example track cycling realistically we might be able to come away with say three medals um possibly outside chance of a couple or more in triathlon it's a bit of a lottery you know you've probably got about 20 people um going for six medals uh so a lot less predictable so if we can get two sports in there especially for um countries like or two events especially countries like new zealand um we stand a pretty good pretty good chance in a team type event because we've got quite a bit of depth so and in the team event, would you get the guys who are doing the main race also racing in the team, or would you have like a separate team? No, no, you'd get your strongest guys racing. So I think at this one it's going to be a trial um, where it's going to be very either the next day or a couple of days later to the, the main race. When it came to the Olympics, uh, I would assume you'd have three or four days between events. So you'd have your uh, your men's race, your women's race, a bit of a gap, and then you'd have your team's race, I would imagine. It would be pretty cool, eh? Having oh, a team's great. race. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. Mm. Okay, then, uh, any other pieces of news we've got on here, John? Let's have a look at my little list here. Bike Not really. Bike jerseys are packaged up, and they're going to the post office when I've finished, the, uh, finished today's show. Oh, so. I'd love to come help you. Oh, no, I'm sure you would have. <laughs> I have um, a large and a medium left over, so first and first serve. Oh, well, there we go. Start on the order. Um, pop us an email. We've got two jerseys left over, and, uh, and just let us know, and we'll um, get them out to you. Nice work. Jonathan Crick sent us through our discussion last week, and to be honest, we're a bit disappointed with your response, but that's okay. We still love you. The, uh, we only got four <laughs> answers to his question, and it was, do we think that world champion, Ironman champion, Craig Alexander, should be racing, or is it sad that he's not racing an Ironman race this year? And uh, I'll go first, and you can go second. <laughs> okay, so basically, Andrew Brind... How did that last one? You got that one up? Search, yeah. Uh, I don't think it really matters as it's the only way they can make real money and keep themselves in good shape all year. In the old days, they would have only done one Ironman per year. He's still doing lots of other races during the year. That's his thought. Pause. Pause. You want me to pause? I can't because we're on this. Uh, okay. Okay. Just, I'll, I'll be back in two seconds. What th- what's wrong? Somebody's installing a dishwasher. Oh, we're getting a okay, dishwasher. Okay, I'll pause. I'll pause. There we go. I'll be back in two seconds. What's with the dishwasher anyway? Because you're meant to be hardcore and do your dishes yourself. But anyway, he's taken off and he's got the man to install the dishwasher. And I think what he's doing is he's going up and showing him where it's going to go. Not quite sure why Belinda can't do that, but hey, maybe she's out. So anyway, um, I'll be back in a minute and we'll ask him how the dishwasher's going to be. And he said it's going to be oh, right. I was the whole time and then I said, you came back on. I'm sure you were. Right, uh, he, he's turning up. He's, we're just getting some measurements done. Uh, okay, you're number two. You go try... Try Beethelon. It doesn't hurt the sport one bit. The first priority is to get back to Kona in the best condition possible. And for some 
arm may, may mean doing one, zero, or 12 Ironmans in the case of uh, the glove man or Hillary. Besides, there's always going to be some Ironman venues that miss out because of timing, like Wisconsin, Florida, etc. If someone wants to get access to Crowey, go train with him and Tim DeBoom at uh, CTS. It costs less than flying to Germany to see Norman and Chrissy. Newbolt says, I don't think it takes anything away from the sport, but I would like them to do one more besides Kona. The reason is it's more fun for the age groupers, athletes, to say they lined up next to the top pros once they're in their lives. Give the field a bit more buzz when you get the top pros in there. And finally, Fegan, who now has, uh, I am okay with reading like now. Me, eh? a net me a tight, and now you and Fegan are tight again. Okay, good. Sure. If I knew he, was yeah. racing, I would have actually wore a T-shirt saying, go Annette. Sure you... Next time you're racing, let me know. I'm going to get that T-shirt printed up. <laughs> um, Fegan posted, uh, should he? Yes. It would make the sport more interesting. And where else can the world champ just take part in one competition per year and remain a world champion? Need he? Obviously not. Again and again, it comes down to money and how Kona is seen as a sole indicator of ranking. People like uh, the Baylisses, Hillary, etc. could be be seen to give greater exposure to their sponsors but the audience and buyers are the same for the 70.3 and the full Ironman so that doesn't stack up. The only way Crowley will race to more Ironman races is A, the appearance fee was higher B, the ranking system wasn't purely based on Kona. C, no automatic entry for Kona each year D, the prize money was significantly higher than 70.3, at least three times uh, the amount as you could race three 70.3s for every Ironman you enter, you have a better chance of taking home prize money um, and mechanical, and one mechanical puts you out of the money in an Ironman race. Well, John, I actually think Fagan's a bit of a legend here because when you think about it, he's got some really good points here. It is pretty sad that you become the world champion in a sport where you only race once. Mm. I think he pretty much sums, sums up all my thoughts as well, so well done, Fagan. I mean... <laughs> it, it is. It's just. I mean, well, you've got the economy side of things once, and it just it just does not stack up to do uh, mini Ironmans. Uh, I mean, Mac is probably the only um, one who can really get that market pull, and he he makes good money in Frankfurt, and he make good money um, and and Kona, obviously, but he's still got to race well. Yeah. And um, and I think you've also got to take in the fact that uh, he Crowy may well think that his best preparation for. For Kona is just doing half Ironmans, and he doesn't need to do another one. And if he does, you know the cost versus the benefit of doing it is is not worth it. And also, um, a lot of guys like like Crowy, um, they enjoy racing and they enjoy going head to head regularly. And again, if you do an Ironman, um, that's going to limit the amount of racing you can do. So, I think he is the only athlete that is versatile enough to be racing over all three distances at, at this stage um, of his racing. Short up far. In non-drafting short course, I mean, we actually, now that I think about it, there's a couple of others. I'd say Terenzo and uh, Andy Potts are probably the other two that can that can do it, but neither of them won Kona. Um, so, yeah, in a drafting race, I don't think Crowe quite have the leg speed, but in a non-drafting race, uh, I think he can he can hang with a lot of the top guys in the world. So, um, yeah, I've got no problem with with him not racing. Really good points because I think I wonder if there was a lot more money in Ironman if he would race more. You know, like mm. it, it, it's like it's hard to say if he's purely motivated by money. But if let's say you know every Ironman was paying a hundred grand to win, you know he probably would look at doing it more, wouldn't he? I, I think that that would it would have to be significantly more. If it was yeah. just a little bit more, um, I would say probably wouldn't because I think you know knowing Crowe, he he enjoys racing and enjoys that compar- competitive. Uh, 
spirit that that brings. Um, so I'd say, yeah, when you say 100,000, it would have to be something significant like that uh, uh, to, to get him racing twice. It really does say a lot about our sport, but really for the pros, it really is just Kona, isn't it, at the end of the day? It is. And, um, yeah, the, the deal with Kona is if you've won, you've never got to qualify again. And if you got in the top 10 the year before, you don't have to qualify either. So um, guys that are consistent performers, they, they can they can really plan their season a year out rather than uh, all the other athletes. You know, they do have to go and qualify, and that applies to the pros as well. So they've got to race somewhere else. Okay, now, John, you've done a bit of a slow one on Hemi here. Paul sent through this week's discussion, and I can't read it. I have. Okay. Uh, this week is from Paul, and I don't know Paul's surname because he's up on Athlinks just as Paul, and I tried to figure out what his surname was, but I couldn't. He posted this um, back in June when we had the, the, the question. June of last year when we had the questions, you know, uh, what topics would you guys like to see? And this week is the most effective cross-training activities you guys do. So it's time for you Northern Hemisphere athletes are going into summer to give the Southern, Southern Hemisphere athletes a little bit of love, telling us what you, you guys do in the off-season because we're certainly heading down, the, uh, heading down into winter down here. So uh, any tips, we'll read them all out next week. And you know what, John? You can start doing aerobics, mate. Mm, possibly. <laughs> possibly not. <laughs> I'm not going to put music on this week. One, two, three, four, high five. And good old Ali Hollington sent through this one. And it's a bit about women's issues. So John and I aren't the experts on these, uh, luckily. Well... Maybe not luckily, but... <laughs> but <laughs> Ali, yeah, Ali is going to be having a, a show named after her at some stage in the future because she has sent through several high fives, several websites. Ali, there will be a show coming up oh, that is the help. She'll be like show. third person, won't she? The fourth, maybe just, three. Yeah, maybe just send us through two more things and you've got a show for yourself. Okay. You could do the Murray work and just do the whole show in one, you know, because he just did the list for her. He did your show notes, didn't he? He did. I was loving it. Beautiful. Mario, do you want to go one? I'll go one. Okay. I'll go You're one. Gonna... It's shorter. Seros are getting a lot better, but everyone behind is different. Everyone's behind is different. Get the bike shop to loan you one for a six-hour ride. Good luck trying that one. <laughs> you have to... with girls because you think, being a boy, you think that they don't have, you know, something down below there, and so it wouldn't be so bad on them down below, but I once had a partner who rode a bike a lot, and they definitely have their problems. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just sad. Enough said. Number two, whittling in the swim or peeing in the swim, bike and run in a race is the same as men. Just lose, use lots of Vaseline as urine is very acidic and causes a nasty rash if not greased up. Uh, you could also pour water down to, uh, to dilute the water, to dilute the urine. Nice. Number three, this is a bit concerning. Running and running shorts as opposed to bike shorts, I have mastered just pulling my shorts to one side without pulling them down so I can stop for a quick whittle like a man without exposing my bum. Very useful in the park when there are too many dog walkers appear at short notice. That is that is legendary. Yeah, but the second point she makes, oh, practice pra- yeah. stopping mid-flow. Oh. Good for pelvic floor muscles. Great. And when you have to stop in a hurry as a dog comes bounding around the corner. It's functional as well. Because mm. you know, that will help when you're having a baby as well, pelvic floor muscles, you know. Yeah, post-baby, post yeah. you've got to keep on yeah. those. Uh, so you should actually tell just go for a run and go yeah. for a pee. And practice your pelvic floor exercises. Right. Tell you, that'd, that'd be good. I have to say, yeah. I, want to know, I want to know, Ellie, if you can do that while you're running. Because, so, you know, a boy can just flop it out and keep running, whereas can you run and do it? That's, that's the next level. It's going to be in the alley special show. Okay. Uh, number four, stopping on the bike and training for a wee. 
basically find a tree or a ditch and face traffic. So when, the, when so, as Sod's Law happens and a car comes out of nowhere, when there have been no cars for the past 10 minutes, you can put your head down incognito and avoid being seen by any student you might have taught that day. And as your bum is away from the car, there is not a lot, of them, not a lot for them to see. Okay. 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 Hammer Nutrition, what's that word there? Perpetuum. Perpetuum on the bikers and Ironman has stopped my previously desperate gastrointestinal problems, but I still always take loo paper. Well, in fact, wet wipes are good to take as they don't disintegrate in wet conditions. Very good point there, wet wipes. Yeah, wet wipes. Wet <laughs> wipes, very good. Do you have, not have a tried- John? I don't, but that's a, that's a good point, that last one, taking wet wipes, because when you do go out for, say, your long run, especially in winter, and I often take a little bit of toilet paper with yeah. me, uh, it does disintegrate, and then you're kind of stuffed, and you've got to go the old grass grass avenue. So grass unlike, is not good, eh? It's, it's not good, but it's the last resort. But we've got a good supply of baby wipes here now, so I'm thinking that's a good idea. But then, okay, yep, good, nice. Okay, well, number six is to... Use grass if not. <laughs> okay. Yeah, grass. Okay, Last yeah. resort grass. Website Bye. of the week. week. Beautiful. Okay, so this week's website got sent through from Daniel from Germany. We haven't done his nickname yet, have we? Yeah, we have. Oh, what was it? It's uh, the German Gazette, I think. Yeah, it was. It was the German Gazette. Okay. So it was something along those lines. Okay, and uh, he's basically telling us about a running blog that is called, what's it called? In. Mzungo. Mzungo.org. Not to be confused with the best running shoes ever, Mizunos, but it's M Z U N G O. And article about shoes. Oh, I probably did. Oh man, we've had like heaps of people have sent us this article about running shoes this week. You have to read it. It's pretty interesting. Cool. And Mzungo is Kenyan for white man. And uh, about it's basically a blog where two Mzungo runners dedicated dedicating this site to Kenyan distance running and other running uh, road running gossip. Apparently, the guys here, Marcus and Uli, uh, one of them, I'm not sure if it's Marcus or Uli, is a listener to the show. So good stuff, guys. Yeah, and they basically just go through. It's kind of like the high level stuff with runners, and they, you know, it's interesting talking to them and you know talking about how you know like. Some guy ran 205 yesterday, and it's kind of like if you want to hear what the top runners are talking about, it's kind of a really good blog to follow for that stuff. Mm. So at the weekend, we had the uh, the London Marathon, so there's, there's obviously some information up there on that, and I think Berlin Marathon was either at the weekend or the weekend before as well. So um, yeah, these guys look pretty fanatical in terms of... Uh, 205, their... man, those runners just blow my mind, eh? 205. Yeah. But I wonder if they can swim a, a <laughs> 105, 100. What was your kick time for your 200 kick? I wonder if they could do that. Yeah, I don't think they could because that was legendary. Man, that, but that's impressive. I imagine it just it like, is fast. Running to me is probably, I don't know, what, what do you think is the most impressive sport? Oh, they're all impressive. I mean, you, go, you know, you look at runners, so you say 205, then you go to the pool and you see somebody swimming. I think a new world record was set for the uh, the 53 um, either yesterday. I think it was uh, the first man, I think, to break 21 seconds for a 53. 21 so, seconds for a 53? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, it was something ridiculous like that. So, yeah, they're all r- ridiculous. And if any of us ever tried to go and, you know, climb a, uh, an alpine pass in, in France, riding alongside uh, Lance Armstrong, you know, you'd get to the top and you'd be 
15 minutes behind and we're all pretty reasonable athletes so I think all sports have uh, have, uh, have got some pretty impressive performances one other thing these guys are supporting is Shoes for Africa they've got a link on their website they've got old running shoes um, so go to this blog and uh, click on Shoes for Africa it's on the right hand side um, and that's a good little uh, good little scheme that's going that's getting uh, old shoes sent off to Africa for kids did the Boston on the weekend? He did. Yeah, he sent the, be- the benchmark for you to uh, beat Bevan, 244. Yeah, yeah, I know. He's pretty sharp. How old is he? He's 44. 44 and 244. Yeah. To be honest, we're on 44. I don't know if they'll be able to pull off the 244. Well, we'll have to wait and see. I'm going to pull off even a, a faster than that and crush it, which I have done faster than that, but I'll, I'll do 242. Mm. So, I'll have to wait and see. Okay, that's our so website the, of the week. Mzungo.blogspot.com. Mzungo um, we'll have a we'll put a link of that up on our website. Oh, now, just for the record, the website's going to be different this week because I can't use the old website, so it's just going to be a front page, and it's just going to be a link to and quick show notes. It's going to be pretty basic, to be honest. So, uh, anywho. One other point that uh, I just read here that Daniel sent through in his email. Um, did you guys notice that Faris has found his, founded oh, his own tri-team? Yeah, yeah. Tri-team tri- uh, Abu Dhabi. So Faris and Hawaii champ. And then Andy Bosher, hugely talented uh, Lanzarote and German top five guy. And some other buddies of Faris, second, third tier pros. So keep an eye on that. Try Team Abu Dhabi. I remember a few years ago, we obviously had uh, Try Dubai, and uh, we know how much money is sort of floating around in the Middle East there. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see how Faris and his buddies get on. Although I talked to Daniel about it, and he was saying that he didn't actually think they had that much money behind him. Yeah. Um, it is interesting. What do you think about teams? Because obviously you've got um, Team BB, but other than that, teams don't really work, do they? Well, the rest of it's just marketing, you know. It's just a way to, to pull sponsors in. So, um, yeah, they, they can be really powerful. They can just be little marketing machines, you know, things like the, the Timex team that was uh, – still, I think it's still running in the States. It's really just a way for second-tier pros to access a little bit of sponsorship and, and it gives the sponsors a bit more of a uh, bit more of a scattergun effect in terms of the number of athletes they're covering for not a huge um, output of money. So, yeah, I think they, they can they can be um, just good money earners and, and but then again, if you got a good coach and board like they have with Team BB, then it can be a completely different setup. And uh, yeah, I don't really see any negatives to it. I, I can't see them racing as teams very often. Um, it's basically just a sponsorship well, avenue. Well, you did in France because you raced as a team, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, no, I can't see it happening. Those are the days, weren't they, John? They were the triathlon, was triathlon. Real triathlon. Real triathlon. Speedos. Speedos. Tops that were too high. I yeah. had to say, I'm, I'm not sure about the one piece. Because when I was doing my run on the weekend and I'm running past all these people doing the thing, it's pretty obvious what's happening down below. Let's put it that way, John. Should you wear underwear under a one piece? No, you shouldn't. Okay. I've, I can't comment on wearing a one piece. I've never worn one myself. So, um, I, I really there was a few people and they did look like they were going pretty fast. I have to admit they did look pretty decent. But they were just bobbling around like crazy. And, and, and like, I wouldn't want to have a perv, but it was, it was a bit disturbing. Okay. And you, I don't know. Maybe you should wear like a G-string or something under your, under your one piece. Evan, have you, have you heard of the guy who's, who does the TV One morning group, a morning show? Um, what's his name? Uh, uh, whatever his name is. He always goes. Someone. Start a group. Start a group? So start a group against trisuits, Bevan. Okay. Get a get a get a get a blog going. No, I, I'm not against trisuits because I think you you at this moment in your life when you're training for triathlon, you're fit, 
you're lean, you're in the beautiful body part of your life. When you're 70, you're going to look back and go, God, I was beautiful back in that stage of my life. But it's just the bobbly bit in the middle there for the boys. And so I'm thinking if you just wore some underwear underneath it for some control. Or a cricket box. Well, you no, know, because you're not going to get hit, and that's heavy. <laughs> you know, it's just a, a G-string or, you know, an underwears, you know, and then when you're running along, it just, it keep, and it keeps wind resistance, you know, I'm just, um, you know, I, I will start a group, we're undies in your tri-soup group, that's what it's going to be called. Do you want to be a part of my group, John? No, thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to put on an episode of Free Fitness, I don't know what it is, oh, I'm going to sort that out later on, so here it is right now. Fifty one of Forever Fitness with Ish and Bevan. How you going, mate? Very good. Actually, um, fi- okay. No, you go. No, you go. No, you go. Okay, I'll go. Because um, <laughs> I wasn't going to go. It's That's a- the problem. <laughs> you were saying I'm going. Well, I didn't have anything to go with. It's, a, it's only one show away from a year. Man, it's crazy. Yeah. I know. Man, like this time last year, I was thirty. Where? I'm I'm thirty five. Yeah, I'm older. Yeah, you're just a child. Yeah, you're no. How are you finding aging? I like it, eh? You do? I think we've talked about this before because my brain didn't really switch on to thirty. <laughs> so, so I'm actually quite, so I'm quite I'm quite comfortable with getting. I've, I've always been quite comfortable with getting older because I always operate one year ahead. Uh, so I'm thirty five, but I always think of myself as thirty six. Funny, I, I did a talk. I did a talk last night to the scouts group. Yeah, and. Um, it was really interesting, and it was first time that I've ever, you know, because when you're in your twenties, you still consider yourself kind of young. Yeah, you know, and you, you are young, I suppose, and but you kind of feel you're still in touch with teenagers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. And it's the first time I, I got in front of a group, and I was like, you know what, I'm now away yeah. from them. You know, and they're, they're, twice their age. Yeah, and they're they're a totally different breed yeah. to me, and in that, um, and it was, it was it was quite nice in the same way because it was more like I looked and I thought, wow, because you could see and a lot of kids that age, they just don't really know what they're going to be, and yeah. you know, they're quite. They have a lot of energy and a lot of um, get ways of getting attention, but you can tell there's just a lot of doubt or a lot of unknown within them. And, yeah. But at the same time, you can almost see the beauty of what they're going to become. And yeah. it was it was quite nice talking to this group. And um, but it was the first time where I felt to myself, you know what, I'm definitely no longer that. And and I was quite content with that too. But it was it was interesting. <laughs> we had one of the kids on the show, and um, he was he asked me how old I was, and I said. I said I'm 35, and he, his mouth just fell open. He was just like, he couldn't believe it. He thought I was the youngest one in the entire. Oh, were well, you loving that? Yeah, I mean, he thought I was older than, I mean, younger than everybody. And I just because of the fitness thing, and he yeah. was like, and he was just trying to rationalise it in his head this this age gap because I think he was like 14, and to him it was just like. Well, it is, isn't wow. it? Because I remember like being fourteen and like yeah. twenty. Yeah, just seemed like so old, eh? And then you get twenty, and it's like, oh man, twenty-five. And just it's so funny, eh? It's funny because my parents were quite young when they had me. So my parents were. My mum was like nineteen when she had me. Yeah. And so I remember my parents being this age. Yeah. Like I remember life quite well from you know because I would have been. You know, I would have been maybe 12, 13. Yeah. So I remember those years quite fond. You know, like, it's yeah. not like when you're five and you have vague memories. It's like, I remember my parents at this age. And yeah. So it's, it's quite funny. I'm slightly concerned for my parents, to be honest, because <laughs> they're well into country and they're in the early 30s. And I'm like, you know what? My mum loved Tammy Winnett, and that did concern me when I think about it now. <laughs> I she should have been more into, like, McDonald's or something like that. Yeah, times, man. But, but anywho. Anyway, this week's show. So one thing, we were talking before the show, and one thing I've been doing a lot of in my class, and I've kind of, over the years, kind of come and gone with this concept, and it's, it's the concept of, of and, we, and we're going to adapt this a little bit to stuff we may have talked about in the past, but the concept of your first response. And so when I'm in a class, let's say I'm teaching a spin class or an RPM class, and... 
I often set up the terrain of what's coming. So in the next section, what we're going to do is this, and, and I'll let them know the hard bit, the hard bit, and the easy bit, and I let them know what I kind of expect from them there. And uh, one thing I've been doing a little bit of lately is I've been talking about responding to your mind. And so when I throw a question at you, how do you respond to that question? Yeah. And the, the interesting thing I find, and I can only really speak from my own experience in here, but I find that most people will resp- have the best answer as their first answer. So if I were to say to the class, should you turn up your dial right now, most people in their mind know yes or no instantly if they should turn up. Yeah. If it's too much, they'll go, no, I'm doing enough. And if it's enough, they'll go, oh, if it's not enough, they'll instantly go, yeah, yeah. I should. Yeah. It's the afterwards is when the excuses come in. It's the, uh, yeah, I should, but you know what, I'm pretty tired. Yeah. You know what, and I'm, you know, and I'm trying to, you know, I don't know, it's this time of the month, you know, yeah. whatever. It's like, it's all those things. It's the after moment where the excuses come in. And so what we're thinking of today is for you to get better at learning how you respond to questions and trusting the first response and then to think learning your excuses afterwards so yep. that when you, your excuses come into it, how can you counter those excuses so that you can get back on the path that's right for you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's really just like a lot of people's gut reaction is to say it might be yes because I'm not working hard enough. Yeah. But then they try but, to Well, the thing it. is, it's like before you think the right answer comes up. Yeah. And then once you think you, do, you find different ways around that answer. Yeah. Like if I were to say to you right now, what if you should you do this? You'd go, yeah, I do. And then you go, oh, but I've got to do this, isn't that lately? And, and it's yeah. like, and, and one thing I've been listening to lately is um, the, the Eighth Habit, which yeah, is Stephen Covey's Covey. book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, for the, some of you may read Seven Habits. And I really like Seven Habits as a book. I think it's a, of self-help books. I don't really read self-help books nowadays, but that was probably my favorite one back when I used to read a lot of them. And so that's why I got given as an audio book, so I thought I'd give it a listen. And, and one thing he talks about in the book is that as humans – we have stimulus and response, and in the in between, we have a choice. And so, a stimulus will be whatever a stimulus will be, but it could be, you know, am I going to exercise? And then you either exercise or you don't. But in that moment in between, you actually have a choice to make a response. Yeah. And and I kind of actually think that if you use questions in your life, or if you if you really think about, it, if you trust your first answer, most of the time it is the right thing to do. Yeah. And it's the thinking process afterwards that can either take you closer towards it or more away from it. Yeah. So, so on the flip side of that, so say someone's wanting to push their boundaries a little bit more and they get the chance to go skydiving or do something like that. Yep. And the whole essence is no. Yeah. Like where does that kind of fit into that? Like, <clears throat> like turning it around, I guess, and recognizing that you want to do it even though you're saying See, I don't know to. in that situation because maybe sometimes people shouldn't do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if it's an instant... Like yeah, that, that, yeah, I don't know the answer to that to be honest. But I'm thinking more of just the environment that I'm thinking in. But like for example, there's a girl with Sarah who we went skydiving with. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and she didn't want to do it, and she convinced herself to do it. True, and it was a horrible experience. Yeah, and it wasn't good. You know, she it was, was traumatized. Oh, she, and yeah. she really was. Yeah. And it was, you know, she probably should have trusted her first response. And in yeah. her situation, it wasn't the whole because you get people who are like. I want to do it, but I'm afraid. Yeah. You know, the first response is yes, but yeah. I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, That's a good point. You know, yeah. and, and they just need, they maybe need to use the, you know, like, I can think of some people that day who didn't do it. And, yeah. and you know what? I know that they wanted to. Yeah. But they were just a little bit afraid. And, and whatever reason, they just decided not to. Yeah. And if you were to say to them, you know, do you really think you could do this and you should do this? They probably would have said yes and yeah. then follow, you know, and, and then afterwards they kind of convinced themselves not to. Yeah. Whereas Sarah, she she didn't want to do it, but she kind of thought she should, and she convinced herself into doing it, and it was a really horrible experience. Yeah, really, like yeah. she really, if you saw this poor girl, she was. 
<laughs> she even got back eh? she's just like yeah. I thought she going to have to go into therapy eh? I, I, I go to her how was it she goes I don't know I don't have my eyes yeah. <laughs> she's on the ground and it, the experience has never stopped for her yeah yeah, yeah. and so in those situations I don't know but mm. I think in, in a lot of situations that are a little bit more simpler like you know when you're working at the computer should I get off my computer now because I'm just procrastinating yeah your answer will always be yeah yeah and then afterwards you go, oh, yeah, but I want to see what's happening here. Yeah, 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 that's y- good. You know what I mean? And yep. so it's like using those questions and then trusting our first response. Yeah. And because I think our first response, if you, I always just find that for me, the first response is generally the right response. Yeah. It's not 100% of the time, but most of the time it is. Yeah. Because your body and your, your mind will, will give you the feedback you need to that answer initially. And then afterwards, is that's when the convincing comes in and all the taking yeah. you away from that. There's, there's a movie, I think it's, I think it's called SWAT. Um, and oh, is that with Colin Farrell? Yeah, I think, it's either SWAT or the one with the narc. I think it was, it was two that came out around the same time. But one of the things in there, they talk about this principle called think, act, modify, adapt, overcome. Oh, and back it up. What's it again? Think, back it up. It's act. A, think, act, modify, adapt, and overcome. So okay. when, when we um, put boot camp program together for Les Mills, we called it Tomato. That was, okay. you know, it's basically your ability to be able to um, find a solution every, even though everything's gone wrong. The, the, the way they were using it is this whole thing about um, actually thinking, like at that point, what am I thinking and what is and what should I be doing? So it's like think, act, and, and really understanding that you, your usual, your first gut reaction is usually the right one. Yep. So it's think, act, and then modify if it's not quite working, yep. adapt. And then, and then overcome. overcome. And that's their whole training principle and behind, um, especially like under fire situations and all that's the way yep. they did the SWAT thing. But yeah, but I think a lot of the time, eh, we, we kind of like, we have the thoughts, yep. but we don't act because we, yeah. we start to and then have thinking, all the other thoughts. Let's, yeah, the excuse come in. And, and that's where I find it really interesting. That's why I find it really powering because as an instructor, when I use, you know, when I, because in, in the spin class, you get a lot more time to build. You broke my pen. I'm sorry. It's my favorite pen, too. What's that? It's my favorite pen. Oh, I'm sorry. But it still works. Oh, okay. So I still have you. I'll put that there. No, you can be tactile, because apparently it's good to, if it you like, if you like, doing it. Yeah, yeah it's I good do. for you, sir. I, I, want, I want you your best thing. Just don't break it completely, okay? <laughs> okay, because it's my favorite pen. It's a real groovy pen. Um, <laughs> so, anyway. The thing is really fascinating for me. So in, in the spin classes, um, you have a lot more time to set something up. Whereas yeah. in like high impact aerobics, body attack, you know, you've got two seconds to say something. You, mm-hmm. you try to be concise and short and get on with it. And spin, you sit in the same position for a while. You can really build an atmosphere of what you're doing. And so I often talk to that, and I'll talk about you know, I just want you to respond to your first answer. You know, when yeah. I ask you the question, you just do the thing your first answer says. Yeah. As an instructor. Like, I've been doing it this week, and I'm, my classes are working way harder than they normally do. Yeah. And even my Slack people, because you find when you have the gym people, you, have, you tend to, I, I think you have three types of people. You have the person who's just want to tick the box that they've done the exercise in the yep. day. And sometimes those people, you can work as hard as you can to motivate them, and they're not going to do anything nah. more than tick that box. I'm here, yep. and then, yeah. And then you get the, the middle of the line person who, on a good day, they'll smack themselves, on a bad day, they'll, you know, they're kind of like, they'll go each way on the scale. And then you get the person who you know every time they turn up, they are going to kill themselves. You know, you, yeah. you, you don't even need. You know, they've turned up too much, and you say I'll turn up some more, and I keep going. You know, these people just want to kill themselves, and yeah. you, you have variations of those three within that. But by thinking of this, when I've been teaching with this this week, it's been really fascinating because all three areas, and particularly the people who don't even really ever work, have been really working hard. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it's like 
it's it's almost trying to get them to trust that you know what your first response is a good response. Yeah. And then and then I think the thing the thing after the you actually think about your first response is to learn your thinking pattern afterwards so yeah. you can learn how you find excuses. So yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like yeah, definitely. And what's quite interesting, we've been doing some work with um on some instructor stuff at the moment. And uh, what we're finding between, say, like great instructors like you and the ones who want to be great yep. is, is almost like um, the, the ones who want to be great are what I would call task-saturated. Yep. That they're, so, they're so focused on my technique needs to be like this. I need to say these words. I, I need to be looking at this person. I yeah. need to be judging person. Yeah, yeah. So what, what they're actually, trying to tickle every box. They're they? trying to yeah. tick every box. And what actually happens is it's not, it becomes it's not genuine it's robotic eh? it's robotic yeah. so then when they go well how come Bevan does this or how come yep. you know, um, the, an, another instructor can do that it's because what's actually happening is you're, you're just subconsciously ticking the boxes and mm. you don't realise you're doing it you've got mm. to the point so, you, so your ability to even think clearly at that point mm. is so different that could be in the class as well like I'm I'm concentrating on my pedaling. I'm trying to do all this kind of stuff. You ask me the question, I know the answer, but then I'm concentrating on everything else. Yeah. I can't yep. do that. So it, it's making that awareness of just being able to go, wow, he asked me a question, I did know the answer. Yep. That's what I'm going to focus on now and separate yep. myself from the other stuff. And yes, I am going to turn it up. Mm. Whether I have to correct my pedaling, I'll worry about that later. Yeah. So you're yeah, saying yeah. focus on the thing that's important right now. Yeah, so the thing that is important right now rather than everything. And I went to a seminar once and they were talking about how this um, three-cent light bulb brought down a plane. And it was, no. So what they did is, um, this is a true story. So the, this light in the cockpit started flashing. Yeah. And the pilot's like, that's really weird. He's banging yep. it to see you know and then he calls in his co-pilot and they're in there and next minute the 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 um attendance attendance yeah. everyone's in there and they're trying to fix this thing and they're doing all this stuff to get this meanwhile what was happening is the altitude of the plane had plummeted and was down but the problem is no one had noticed because they're just so saturated on this one oh, really? light bulb on how to get they're talking to traffic control they're doing everything and they flew into a mountain they, oh, the really? whole plane got destroyed oh, by really? a three cent light bulb and it's what they call task saturation. So what happened, by the time they realised what had happened... It's too late to adjust. It was too late. So, And it's sometimes that ability to find out, is the thing I'm concentrating on focusing on my attention and actually causing me to be totally off track? Mm. And it, it's a nothing. It's a nothing problem. It's a three-cent light bulb. Yeah, yeah. it's a three-cent light bulb. And it was a powerful... Um, it was a really powerful seminar. And yeah. It's just this whole thing about this... You know, and he just kept breaking it down, and they basically went through the. Um, you could, they did a uh, a thing through the black box, and yep. you could hear what was going on. And really, yeah, and so, it was it was fascinating, eh? Well, I think one thing to think of is if, if you can learn to trust. And this, look, you were talking earlier a little bit about the the book Blink, and we've talked yep. about Blink in the past, and how you know learning to trust your intuition and, and to actually go for your intuition a lot more. Yeah, and, and I think the thing is is. And I don't even think this this is really about intuition. I think this is learning to trust your first response because yeah. it, it's not even intuition. It's not going, oh, I think this is going to happen. It's like your first response is, is how your body and your mind is responding to the question in front of you. And so, you know, should I put on more weight? Well, yes, I should. Well, that's my first response because my yeah. body knows it can handle more weight. And, you know, so that's so learning to trust your first response. And then I think the thing is to develop a strategy for your excuses and I think there's a few things we need to think of when we think about our excuses so let's say you're, you're on the couch and you think to yourself should I go for a run well yes I should go for a run yeah but and it's the buts that are yeah. afterwards 
First thing we want to do is start to become aware of our excuses. Yeah. So when you're sitting on the couch and you think to yourself, should I go for a run? And you said yes. You, so now you know you should go for a run. The answer is yes. Yeah. From there, it becomes the battle of why you shouldn't do it. Yeah. And so what do you do to have in those moments? And we don't know the answer to that for you because it's going to be different for different people. But maybe it's, you know, like oh, I worked late last night and oh, I'm tired or I just want to see this next bit on TV yeah. or, you know, and suddenly you watch 20 minutes of ads on, and then you've ran out of time. And and just becoming aware of the excuses you use that stop you from doing the, the quick response. Yeah. And we've talked about that a lot with the awareness thing. Yeah, and awareness is so important, eh? Hey? Definitely. So the first thing is to become aware. And then, you know what, that day you may not get up on the couch, and you, you may or may not, hopefully you do. But if you don't, what would I do in the same situation next time so you have a better strategy for getting off the couch? Yeah. Yep. So, um, okay, should I go for a run? Yep, okay. Okay, oh, yeah, but I really want to see this next bit on TV. Okay, well, what can I do right now to stop me from doing that? Yeah. You know, what can make me do to get off the couch right now? Okay. Press record. Press record. Great. Yeah, yeah great. So, okay, well, I can still see that and I can catch up when I get home. Yeah. Um, what else could I do? Okay, well, I could realize it's just not that important to me or I could tell my friend to tell me about it or I could just get up and move. And that way what you're de- doing is you're developing strategies for your weak moments. Yeah. My weak moment is checking emails. Yeah. I'm actually pretty good. I have, I've learned a system of checking emails, but I know when I've got too much time, I check my emails too much. Yeah. You know, like, you know, if I'm working at the computer and I get to the point where I don't need to do any more work and I'm suddenly checking my emails five times in 20 minutes, yeah. I know that's my trigger. Yeah. And sometimes when I'm kind of just being really slack, I'll then go into my favorite websites and then suddenly I'm watching some daily, you know, thing on YouTube and, you know, yeah. and then I've totally wasted an hour of my life. But I have wasted an hour of my life because I've got much better ways to relax, you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. so yeah. I'm sitting there and I'm in this drudge of, you know, just kind of, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, should I get up or shouldn't I? And I know the answer is yes. So then what is a way for me to respond to that? And what I do is I just make myself stand up and move away from the computer. Yeah. And I know once I've actually got my way from the trap of the computer, then I'm instantly want to do something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so I've developed that strategy of, okay, well, what's my excuse? And what are the kind of the habits I look to when I'm going to that excuse? And then how can I get over that the next time I do it? Yeah. And that's a really good way to think of how to counter your excuses. Yeah, I, I've had um, like just been away with... with uh, you know, workshops and modules and yeah, stuff. Yeah, working a lot. Yeah, and there's been some work that I've needed to do in the evening. Yeah. And I've actually I've, I've actually um, heard that question in my head where it's kind of, should I be doing this? And yeah. my gut is no. Yeah. And the reason it's no is because I'm actually not going to do it quality. It's, it's not productive. Yeah. yeah, because I've already done nine hours. So interesting. So in that situation, did you try to do it? No. Oh, good. Uh, and I'm actually yeah. quite good at doing that. Like, if I, I actually said no... One one time I said maybe, yeah, and I but I said but I need to eat and then I'm gonna yeah. relax and if watch some a good TV strategy to do it, yeah, and then I'm gonna decide if I want to do it or not. Right. Another time it was like no, I'm gonna get up early and do it yep. then because yep. I'm actually more creative in the morning. So, but it it would be very easy to just get into the oh look I'll just do it yeah, and then all of a sudden my hours on things um, start to clock up and what yep. one thing I've learned very early on and one thing that's really helped me is I'll give a, a project a certain number of hours okay, so that's it's going to take this time yeah so I might say right I'm going to work on this jump, um, this product and it's going to be 40 hours of my time great but I'm not doing anything that's in that 40 hours that's not going to be productive so yep. if I'm just sitting there looking at the computer trying yep. to come up you're with an idea you're now being productive that's not yeah exactly so I may as well not be there mm-hmm. so I might go out for a bike ride and then I get myself and then I'll go down and sit down and do 
two quality hours, yep. that kind of stuff. So I've got quite good at doing that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but it's easy to just get into the work for the sake of work, or yeah. exercise for the sake of exercise, or, or whatever it is, and yep. suddenly you're just going through the motions and not getting quality. Yeah. So I think there's, there's three ways we can look at this. A, we've talked a lot about questions in the past, but using questions to identify if what you're doing is the best way to do it. Yeah. So you know, like when you get home, is it best for me to do my work tonight? Well, no. Okay. Using those types of questions, and another example for me, like yesterday, I was practicing my piano. I was practicing. I've got this one song I'm working on, and I'm I'm getting to a point where I'm just about there. And I I consider a song good when I can play it like ten times continuously with the tempo. So I've got the metronome going, and I've got the rhythm, and I can stay with it. Once I play it ten times continuously, I'll be willing to move on. So I got to the point where I could get it like five times continuously, and I kind of stuff up the last few. And I was like, man, what can I do to keep going here? And and it was you need a rest. You yeah. need to step away yeah. and actually have some, you know, like you're saying, with your mind space. And then I went back a couple of hours later and I was like, I instantly pulled it off. Mm-hmm. And so, um, um, so what you want to think of is that with, so first of all, use questions to identify what you should be doing in this moment. Figure out what your first answer is, you know, and, and you don't always have to trust it, but I generally believe that most of the time it would be right. And then A, try to do that. And if not, notice what the excuses are, become aware of them. And if you don't get out of that kind of that mold where you're not changing the excuse, what can you learn from it so that next time you are better at it? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah. And and sometimes just the the mental decision is different to a physical reaction. Yep. So if, if suddenly something happens and you get angry, yep. if you actually said, Should I be angry right now, your natural thing would be no. Yeah. And rather than it's just your body just responds and, yeah. when you, and then your brain stops thinking. So in that situation, that's a really good point. In that situation, what, what do you think would happen? So let's say, you know, because yeah, I don't, I, to be honest, I don't really get angry much. But if you say you're venting up and you say to yourself, should I really be angry? Yeah. And the answer goes, no. Do you lose the anger? Well, no, I think you go, no. But then you go, but I'm going to because yep. blah, 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 blah. Uh, because the emotion's already carried away yeah. by that stage. But that's where they have those, in anger management, they always have those, it's just a pause point, so you, it might be to count know, to this, ten. <laughs> yeah, no, um, it might be to count to ten. Okay, okay, and you see that in all movies all the time. Yeah. But that's actually a real technique. All it is is a pause in time to stop, to stop and interrupt and think. Actually, you know what? I'm getting angry. It doesn't make sense or whatever it yeah. is, and that that re- relies on a lot of things. Like mm. some people get upset. Um, too easily, right? Yep. And so, if they actually says, "Should I be getting upset right now?" Their actual action is, "No, I shouldn't." Yep. But but by this stage, their emotion gets carried away, so they do what they call pause points. So it might be stop, count to ten. Yep. Now make my decision. Am I going to get upset? Yes or no? Yep. And, and it's just it, it is. It's awareness and pause and that mm, kind of stuff. But mm. most people, because they're not aware, that's where the problem goes. But I think, yeah, you know. Listen, listen to that your gut a little bit more. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Well, well, I think the thing is, is that it's a learned skill as well. You know, like, and, mm. and the thing is, is it's kind of like when you know, when you know, you're, you're you're saying like at the end of last week's show how you're in that real zone at the moment where everything's flying, and when you're in that zone, it's easy to make good decisions. Yeah, Do you find that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because when you're in that zone. You're in that place where making decisions, you're doing it continuously. And so yeah. even if you get hard decisions you have to make, it's like, well, it's easy because I've made all the, I've almost built up this repertoire that's pushing me forward. Yeah. And when you're not in the zone, it's easy to make bad decisions, isn't yeah. it? You know, and it's like, you know, because, you you know, you're suddenly you've eaten bad food and you haven't exercised and, you know, what's the point, you know, and I must have another bad thing. And it's like, 
if we can use those questions and use things like the questions and being aware of our answer and then actually developing strategies to get through those yeah. times, we start to get back on the path of the good decision. And again, you know, and I've talked about in the past for me when it comes to good decisions, I know I'm in a good place when I'm doing the small things well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like brushing my teeth and flossing my teeth. You know, like <laughs> yeah. if, I'm, if I'm not flossing my teeth, yeah. I kind of, you know, after like five, six days of doing it, I know I'm kind of just slipping in my habits. Yeah. And, and I've kind of figured out the good habits in my life. And it's not necessarily that you always have to, you know, not beating myself up about it, but it's more just being aware, you know what, maybe I'm kind of slipping back a little bit here. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's also once you've, if you've decided to do something, like I had this, um, person that I was did a meeting with today and I should not have made the meeting okay. it was um, I, d- I wasn't manipulated into it but yep. they'd asked me for some help yep. and it um, and I had said yes but yep. it's in an extremely busy time at the moment and it, you just don't have that time yeah it, yep. was, it wasn't say no. I, I should have delegated it on it wasn't my responsibility yep. it could have got the information from somebody else however I'd made the decision to do it a couple of weeks before so I was like okay cool so then I was really thinking beforehand, I was like, man, you know what, I don't want to be at this meeting. Yep. And but I, I couldn't get out of it. Yep. So I made it, it yeah, I made it so I made a conscious decision to make that meeting extreme value f- for him. Yeah. Because i I was already in it. Yeah. And what I know about myself is I feel really good when I've yeah, actually yeah. been able to shift someone. Yep. So I did that. Now, if that was situation happened again, I will say, I, I'll yeah. say no, I'm, yep. I'm not the right person for you. Or yep. if you want me, you need to be in a mentoring program. Yep. Or we need to delegate you off to somebody else because yep. it's not actually part of my time. Yeah, thing. this is not important. But because I'd already made it, so even though I was frustrated with the fact that I'd made the meeting, I was happy with the outcome. Yep. And that was, I created the outcome. Because otherwise I would have been here and I, was frust- I would be frustrated because I was like, you know what? Yeah, and it would have ruined your whole day because you ruined my day. That bed. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, so some of that kind of stuff, even if you know, you're, you're, you've made a decision to go to the gym, mm. y- y- it may not be where you want to be and it may not have been what you wanted to do, but it's like you're there make a decision to get the most out of it yeah. that you possibly can. It's one thing that he does talk about in the eight habit mm-hmm. and it's uh, personal integrity. Yeah. And it's, you know, you make promises to yourself and your environment and the people around you and you maintain them. And, and a bit of that is like a saying is, you know, knowing when to say no as well. Yeah. But it's, you know, and I think if we just think of personal integrity myself, like I, I was talking to my partner actually the other dinner and we're just talking about how I take a lot of value out of being a really good partner. Like I, when I was younger, as a, as a partner in a relationship, I didn't necessarily value the importance of being a good partner. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the relationship I'm in right now, it's, it's going amazing and she's wonderful and, and we have this really strong relationship. And uh, and I, I take a lot of, I get a lot of self-satisfaction out of the fact that I'm doing good things for this relationship. Yeah. And th- a lot of that comes to personal integrity, the mm-hmm. keeping my word and within myself and how I'm going to be in a relationship. And it's kind of like, you know, me flossing my teeth. It's like I'm keeping the rules of myself true mm-hmm. and uh, and that's what one thing Stephen Covey talks about is personal integrity and that the more you do the things you say you're going to do the better you're going to more integrity you'll feel yep. about yourself which gives you confidence and all that stuff and I remember the one of the best compliments I ever got in my life was I was at a hairdresser and one my hairdresser said to me one thing about you Bevan is you always do what you say you're going to do and, I, and that was to me was one of the biggest compliments yep. I could ever get because it meant that mm-hmm. You know what? I really live up to what I say I am, yeah. and you know I think it's kind of important. So cool. So that was just a bit of a brain rush from Mission I. <laughs> Twenty-six minutes of brain rush. So, yeah, but just to, you know, think of those things and, and start to become aware of how you respond to the challenges and what you should do and what you do do, and then develop- <laughs> you said do do. Sorry. <laughs> 
You're not there one, didn't you? I did. <laughs> and making sure that when you, um, if someone's asking you a question, that you are looking at that first decision that you were in your head yeah. and why you either are thinking to change your mind. Yeah, great. Um, email questions through to ishandbevan at gmail.com. Um, what else? Um, race team, it actually starts next week. So if you want to do it, you better get on. Um, anything else? No. Whoa, 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 whoa. What else? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've double showed again. We always double show, and so by the time we get to the second show, we say, "What have you been up to?" <laughs> I know what I know. What are you going to say? Uh, what movies have you watched lately? Oh, actually, I watched um, I watched the Curious Case of Benjamin. Now, Button. what did you think? I actually quite liked it. Okay, good. Why? Um, I liked it because it wasn't what I was expecting. Okay, and apparently, I, Forrest Gump. Yeah, it's very Forrest Gump. Okay, it, it is, and it's quite long. Yeah, um, I that. but if you're kind of going into it without any expectations, actually, not a bad. Yep. Actually, not a bad watch. Uh, I've watched one lately called uh, Coach Carter. Yeah, that was good. That yeah, was good. Yep. And Gridiron Game. I've been yeah, watching a yeah. few of those yeah. kind of ones lately, which has been quite cool. Um, but yeah, no, I haven't. Um, not not uh, a lot of major ones. What about you? Uh, I watched. Um, there's a movie. It's a documentary called Young at Heart. Um, have you oh, heard that? is it with the old people oh, and they? Oh, mate, you must and see they that play movie. The, play the music. Well, what happened was there was a, it was a choir basically yeah. in the 80s, and then one day one guy got up and sang "Walking on Sunshine" or something like that, and yeah. there was just everyone laughed and it was a blast. And and the movie's basically now it's this group called Young at Heart, and yeah. they basically do modern day songs with old people, you know, and yeah. the average age is like 80, I think. So yeah. they're very yeah. old, and. Um, Sorry if you're 80 and you're listening, but you probably couldn't download well, it, so yeah. we're okay. Yeah. yeah, and to be honest, you are very old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like over the, you're not, you know, anyway. Um, <laughs> maybe I'm digging a hole, I can't get out of here. But it, it's, it's one of the most beautiful movies you'll It's a documentary, yeah. and it's, it's hilarious. It's so funny because the personalities in it are amazing. Yeah. And, and the music's quite clever, the songs they choose and stuff. And, but emotionally as well, it really grabs your heart. Like cool. I cried like three or four times, in it and it's yeah. like, it was just. Honestly, it was probably one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. And I also saw the movie The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke. Oh, yeah, yeah, because that won the award, didn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. he won a lot of awards. Yeah. He didn't win the Oscar, but he won a lot of a, pretty much every other award other than the Oscar. And um, it's, it's a really interesting movie, actually. It's an interesting movie for someone like me, because the, the movie's basically someone who's made their career out of their physical body. Yeah. And then it's got to the point of his career where that's really gone, but he yeah. has nothing else, and so he's holding on to that aspect of his yeah. career. To the detriment of himself, Ooh. and can he let go of that? Yeah. And um, and luckily for myself, I've developed other skills in my life. But it's interesting in my industry because you know, if, you know, and for athletes, the yeah. physical is all they have. Yeah. And and you see it for a lot of athletes is that when they get to the end of the career, they kind of have nothing. Yeah. You know, because they haven't really developed other skills in their life, and they don't really have anything else going for them. And uh, this movie was it, it's. It was really good, actually. I really, really enjoyed it. And it was just interesting watching it from my aspect. And it was kind of nice for me to get to this moment in my career where I'm with group fitness, probably in the last third of my career. Yeah. And it's like to see, you know, that um, luckily I'm not in that case where I'm going to be 45 hoping that I'm still teaching great classes. It'll yeah, be yeah. like, you know, I'm developing these other skills. Yeah. But yeah. it was definitely, yeah, it's a pretty good watch. So That's good. Have you seen Slumdog Millionaire? No, I would like to see no, that. I haven't seen that either. Yeah. I want to see that. But apparently it's not as happy as people say. Oh, because I've heard, I've had two clients talk about it this morning and say it was awesome. Oh yeah, awesome! But yeah. I think people think it's like a really good feel good movie. Oh but okay, yeah. yeah apparently, maybe. some pretty kind of raw. It slows down. Yeah, it's because the computer's old. Okay. But I'm getting a new computer next yeah, week. Yeah, Bevan's getting a new computer. I have a new computer. Awesome! Very excited. So anyway, that's our movie review for this week. Yeah, that's it. <laughs>
<laughs> we might do a movie review one. A whole show on great movies. Okay. All What's right. your favourite movie of all time? Quickly, top five. Go. Oh, um, Notting Hill. Oh, really? Yeah. I know I am. That is love, a good it, movie. love actually. Anything with Hugh Grant in it. Oh, um, Hugh the Hugh Matrix. Yep. And the mine. Star Wars trilogies. Really? Mm. Did you, you didn't like the next ones? No, no. Just I, I like anything to do with Star Wars. Um, yeah. Yeah. Th- that's kind of that's Your probably thing. that's probably my yeah. My, Shawshank. No. Um, I do enjoy it, but yeah, it's, it's not in my five. it's not in my top five. It, it's things like I, I'm I'm a bit of a. I'm a weirdo of movies, but uh, what, what are yours? Memento. Have you seen Memento? Yes, that's mine. Yeah, I love Fight Club. Yeah, great movie. Yep. Internal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind, which probably you yep. may not have seen. Yeah, yeah I have seen that, but yeah, yeah, I love that movie. Uh, Matrix definitely. Yeah. And then I went something like, oh, The Princess Bride. Oh, you see, that's a good one. That's a brilliant movie. Yeah, you could bring the Goonies into that then. So, oh, there we go. We're going to do a whole show on movies one day. <laughs> one day we will. We'll yeah, do yeah. a movie show. Cool. Right now, this is this week's show. Oh, Chuck. Oh, here we it's go. It's a fact. Chuck Norris fact is... Chuck Norris doesn't get frostbite. He bites frost. Nice. Love your fact. Uh, we're back. Questions and answers. Good old Stuart Earthquake Ansel sent us through a question. It goes, first of all, top-notch show. I discovered it about six months ago and still working my way through the archives, but enjoying it a lot. Uh, he donated the show, and that's why he's called The Earthquake. We like that. Anyway, I've been going long for four years now, but due to her annoyances like getting married and having a baby... <laughs> Damn, that getting married is annoying. <laughs> I finished Iron uh, UK in 2006 in just under 13 hours, and then left in Zurich. And uh, I'm going to have to have another pause. Oh, wow. Sorry, we got my, my man's turned up. I'll be back in. I'll be a couple of minutes. Okay. 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 Where you go? I'll, I will be a couple of minutes this okay. time. Okay. Go. Okay. Pausing. <laughs> Here we go. So we're back from Stuart Earthquake Ansel. How's the dishwasher going, mate? Is it good? It's good. It's going to be. I'm going. I'm off to buy it. There's a sale on today. Sale. So uh, you love a bargain. Twenty. Don't you? I do love bug twenty percent off, so I had to get a guy in to make sure it was going to fit and everything. And uh, you have a dishwasher in your house? no, we haven't had a dishwasher. And there's in, in, in the current times, Bevan, with two babies, there's less time to do everything. We decided yeah. to bite the bullet. It, it's funny, isn't it? Because you're so used to having these things nowadays, aren't we? You know, the idea of not having a dishwasher just seems primitive. Uh, I would say. No. Don't, don't call me primitive. Anyway, <laughs> question. So he's been doing Iron Man for a couple of years. He did. Uh, UK in 06, Zurich in 07, had a DNF, which wasn't so good anyway. Entered Ironman UK in two, uh, this year, and I'm eight weeks into a 30-week a schedule, and I feel pretty great, although today I'm working off uh, the two bobs bit. Uh, my job is reasonably flexible, but combined with my family life, I know there will be weeks in the lead-up to the event where my training will suffer a bit. On the other hand, there will be times when I'll be able to get away from work for decent chunks of time. What should I be able to focus on during these times? So it's, it's question. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, he's saying, should I get uh, do a little mini epic block, sort of thirteen weeks out, and again five or six weeks out. As far as timing goes, that's about perfect. Uh, in terms of what you should be doing in those blocks, you know, typically on epic camp, we'll do say a one to two hour swim, bike four to ten hours, and run for one to two hours every day. Um, doesn't really matter where you are in terms of your athletic development. If you've done a couple of seasons of triathlon, I still think it should be relatively safe to do a mini epic block, um, but probably just bringing things down a little bit. So I'd suggest you're aiming to swim, bike, run for, for those three or four days in a row. 
and uh, probably on two of the days going a bit longer. But if you're, you're still relatively new to triathlon, I'd suggest maybe a 30 to 40 minute swim, a good three to four hour ride and a good sort of 30 to 45 minute run. I'd probably do that on two of the four days and on the other two days, um, probably just bike a little bit longer. And as long as you don't go ballistic with intensity, should be fine. Critical thing is to make sure you have a good stretch after every session. You know, often what can happen is your hammies and especially your quads can start to tighten up quite a bit, and that can start to give you some knee issues on the bike. Um, but if you've if you've done long training and, and you build up uh, and you've you've done some long rides, doing stuff like this is yeah is pretty pretty safe. Danger the dangerous things start to happen is when you really start to hammer yourself in the ground for multiple days in a row, and probably more more so is when you really start to hammer a lot of running. But but doing longer biking is generally pretty safe. Okay, nice. That's pretty much questions for this week. So sponsors, we've got some good news on the coffees of Hawaii front. Go on then. So the Albinator has just sent us through uh, an email. And here's the deal. 244, man. I might call him 244 from now onwards. Albert, 244, boys. Here's a chance uh, for you, boys. Go 243 when you're 45. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Albert, we, we talked about this, I think, last week. The Patagonia shirts are now ready to roll. Best thing about these, they look really cool. And even apparently he did ask Bevan uh, if he'd model them, but Bevan was too expensive. So first point is $5 of every shirt goes towards Bevan and John's kind of fund. So it's critical that everybody gets one of these. Uh, If you are going to go through and buy one of these shirts, um, you go through the Coffees of Y site, click on apparel, and you can find your way through there. They're the Patagonia shirts. When you do order them, make sure that you say you're an Ironman Talk Talk listener, and and then Albert can keep track of how how many of you guys have bought them. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. They're cool, polo, trendy shirts. Bevan and I will be wearing them Kona. If you're in Kona, don't bother coming talking to us unless you're wearing coffees and white <laughs> Patagonia T-shirt. That's not true. But if you have one, we'll give you a big pat on the back. That's right. That's right. So, uh, so get on that. They're only $38 uh, US, so they're very cheap. And, uh, and $5 goes towards Bevan and John. So we're loving that. Yeah, what, Thank what, what, I was just checking out the website while you were talking away, and they've got some T-shirts there as well, some quite cool T-shirts with just some really cool prints on it. So you might want to check those out when you're on there and maybe get one of those as well for yourself. As, as well. As well. Beautiful. Not instead of. Sleeveless polo. Making fashion. Okay, trybuyers.com. Sales are plenty. There always sales on at Trybuyers, so just get it on there. You, you know get what you're going to do with If you want to get a gear, make sure you make that your first stop. Check it out and uh, think, remember the shipping deals that they have and check it out and see what they've got on there. And you'll find most of the time they've got the thing you've got and maybe even a cheap rate that, you know, obviously you want to get right there and then. One other thing, remember when you sit, click on the sale item, just do remember that the swim, bike, run, off-road and tri-gear specials is a bar across the top of the page. So make sure you click on that. It's not just one specials page. Uh, there are multiple pages. Some great deals. And as Bevan said, just, just check it out. If you can get a good deal, go for it. They've got those mountain bike shorts. I do like those mountain bike shorts, say, high-frequency shorts by Fox. And uh, the ones that have the padding underneath. So just, wear like bike, What's that? Wear, just wear a pair of bike shorts. You don't need to... because no, mountain bikers are cool. Oh. We're, like, we're cool, but we're different cool. We're cool. People look at us and think we're weird. Mountain bikers just look cool. We have to be honest about this, John. Okay, whatever. Well, they probably wear undies under their tri-shorts as well, I'm just saying. I'm just different saying. breed. Different breed. 
Okay, then, flinks.com. Righty-ho, the rats, we're liking it. The rats, the Rotorua Association of Triathletes, have they've got themselves up there. Another club is listed in New Zealand. I think it's your mate, Kat, uh, yeah. Kat Wahlberg. Yeah. Kat Wahlberg got them got them listed up there. So it's a big part of um, the development of athletics is to make sure that um, the, the club scene really uh, develops. It's a fantastic way to get all your results in one place. Really simple step. If you look on the homepage, uh, provided you're logged in, uh, it'll tell you any local clubs in your area. If your club's not listed, add a club uh, and uh, link it through your website and you're away laughing. But we all know the best thing about Athlinks, just make sure your results are, are tracked on there. If your result's not up there, top right-hand corner, add a race, go through there, just add the steps and uh, keep it all in one place. Bob, your uncle, mate, sweet as. So sponsors are? Coffeesofway.com. Get on and get the top. Trybuys.com. Get on and get a special. Athlinks.com. Get on and get some friends. 63,000 members now. Wow, it's growing, isn't it? It's good stuff. Okay, so uh, what are you up to for this week, Jombo? Or do we have anything else we need to talk about? Not really. No. Nicknames? We've got any nicknames? Got a couple more. I'm just going to save them up for another week and we'll probably pull next out week, next, week. Back in the studio next week. I've got a classic next week, don't worry. I've got yeah, one okay. nickname. It's, it's going to be great. Before. It okay, is. Um, anything else? What are you up to for this week, Jombo? Well, what have I been up to? Okay, go on. Canterbury Triathlon Club had their debut appearance at the uh, running. The running. How did it go? Got fourth overall. Our, our men's senior first team got how, fourth out of overall. How many? Oh, there was heaps. Oh, there, was, really? there was hundreds of runners there. Yeah, we just we did good, strong performance. Plenty of uh, IM Talk listeners were out there running. Oh, Ian Wood, that. Zanya Morrison, oh, the Holy, Har- Holy Hammer, Murray Lapworth. Oh, bring it on. Uh, there were plenty of others. So who got third? Darren Leslie. No, Darren. Yeah. We were a little way off third, um, but it was still a, a strong performance. Maybe a backup runner if you ever need a backup runner. No. Given you're not a affiliated member of the club, probably not. Probably not. So it was bloody, uh, something I would strongly encourage clubs to do. I mean, all the members had a fantastic time because typically, you know, we all know each other, but you end up seeing each other at the pool, having a two-minute chat, and, and the rest of the time you're in the pool um, pounding up and down. But this was a great opportunity to really socialise. We have a tent there, and you're sort of standing around waiting for your runners, so you really get to know each other. Murray the Holy Hammer is going to be in charge of nutrition and uh, and hydration at the coming events. So the, you sit around, you have a little coffee and it's a like little... like uh, the oranges, isn't it? He is, but he's bringing the muffins. He's bringing the muffins instead. So it's, it's a great... Um, Great bonding exercise for the clubs, so I'd encourage other um, other clubs out there to, to good winter activity to do. Join up to your um, uh, local athletics association. And uh, how, did, how did you go, John? I did okay. I ran 13.40. It was 4K cross-country. The fastest time, I think, and these, this is for guys who are around about 28-minute 10K or 29-minute 20, 10K guys, they were doing about 12.10. So it was about a minute, minute and a half off the pace. Um, you know, second, second in the try. It was interesting. Our, our, our guys in the in the top team we were all very close. There was one guy uh, who I coached who beat me by one second. Uh-huh. Another guy that I coached who I beat by three seconds. So it was all pretty tight between the triathletes. Nice, very good. And what are you going for the rest of the week? I'm going to get my dishwasher. It's it's exciting. Oh, it's, it's very exciting. It's and uh, that's that's what I'm excited about today. No, other than that, not much else. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing what, my aerobics. So what are you going to say? I'm looking forward to watching some live coverage of the uh, triathlon this weekend from Korea. 
Bevan, how about you? You're up in Auckland. I'm up in Auckland doing my aerobics, which is all good. That's going very well, which is all exciting. And my, Joe's coming up to Auckland this weekend, which is quite cool. So she's seeing me do my job on the high level. So that's kind of exciting. And then we've got a big party. I'm going to party Saturday night, John. Oh, goodness. Look out. I know. Watch out. The problem is, when you're in the fitness industry, when you go to parties... Most people are amazing dancers, like because most of them teach like dance classes and stuff like that. So, like, I'm not a bad dancer. When I go out with my mates, I dance, and, and you know, I'm not, I'm no bloody MC Hammer, but you know, I'm not, I don't put myself to shame. But when you go out with this crew, it's like you've gone out with a dance crew that's working for blimmin' like, I don't know, Fergie or something like that. And so, the whole time, you don't want to dance because you know you look bad. <laughs> so. It's tough at the top, even. It's tough at the top. It is. So I'm thinking that what I'll have to do is I'll do the sidestep. This sidestep yeah, is terrible. Shoulder motion, and you know, and, or slow dance with Joe. You can't go wrong with yeah. slow dance, can you? Let Joe lead you, and then you've got that excuse. Oh, I was just, I didn't want to show her up, you know. Oh, nice. See, you've done this before, haven't you, John? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right, guys, that's this week's show. We'll be back in the studio next week. Let's finish it off, Jonbo. I'm Russ. I'm Ando. Train hard. Train smart. Kia ka. Kia ka.